0: Well, good morning, church. Good morning. I hope and pray you're having a great day. The weather's beautiful. It's a great weekend Uh, in Nashville and Franklin. So many things happening and going on. Last Sunday was an awesome Sunday, Easter Sunday morning. And uh, so many people making commitments to Christ and just the worship. It was amazing. And, And Jesus is still alive today. Praise God. I mean, you know, he is here. He's transforming your lives. He is at work every day. Because of Easter, we can celebrate the goodness and grace of our awesome God. And so what a joy to be together this morning. This morning we're beginning a brand new series. It's a series called Leverage. Leverage. And I want to give you the definition of leverage. Leverage says this. Here's the definition. To use something to maximum advantage. To use something to maximum advantage. So today we're going to talk about leveraging our time. And next week our education. Then the next week we're going to talk about our resources. And then our difficulties. How do we leverage even our difficulties and things we've been through? And then finally, our platform. How do we use all those things that God has entrusted to us, you know, for maximum advantage, to further His kingdom? You know, so many people committed their lives to Christ and came alive on Easter. Now, how do we live that out? How do we use it to further God's kingdom? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. I, I did some studying this week, and um, if you live to be 79 years old, right, the average lifespan in the United States today is 78.6. Nine years, I rounded up to 79. So 79 years, here's how it would break down. If you live to be 79 years old, you get 28,835 days, all right? So every day is important, so just remember that. But you're gonna spend, you're gonna spend, notice this, 26 years sleeping and seven years trying to go to sleep, okay? So, (laughs) all right, that's 33 years. So buy a good bed, good mattress, because you're gonna be in it a lot of the time. You're also gonna go from there, you're gonna have 13 years at work. Alright? So I hope you enjoy your job. You know, whatever it is, like, enjoy that because you're going to be there 13 years. Uh, Also, you're going to have 11 years of screen time. Alright? That's kind of what everybody's like, really? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 11 years. Uh, Also, you're going to have 4.6 years of eating. So eat good food. Enjoy it because you eat that for a long time. Three years of traveling. So all the places you're going to go and all the commuting you're going to do, three years. You're going to have one year and one month on romance. Okay, so some of you guys need to pick it up a little bit, right? right. Bring some flowers, go on some date nights, let's go, right? All right, and then you're also going to have one year and three months of socializing with friends, hanging out, so choose your friends wisely. Uh, You're going to have 235 days of standing in line. All right, so just, you know, I got to think about that next time you're in line, DMV, you're going to be there for like almost a year. All right, so then you're going to have 12.2 years of spending time doing other things, all right? So choose your time because you got 12 years, what are you gonna invest it in, right? Being at a church, being at Bible's day, being out doing things, exercising, those things. But that was 2017, Huffington Post. So I was starting to look at some other statistics and I found this statistic that says this. The average teen spends nine hours a day of screen time. Wow. So I think those statistics are gonna look a little different in the years to come. Uh, if you kind of play this whole thing out. But nine hours a day, not, not just like a week, you no, know, that's a day in screen time. That's TV, that's the phone, that's, you know, online, nine hours a day. Children today, the average child spends eight to 12 years, spends six hours a day on screen time, right? So that's kind of what's going on, what they're growing up with. The World Health Organization is kind of addressing this and they're looking at this and how developmental and the brain and what that means. But adults, we're not excluded, are we? So here we are. Adults, the average adult spends 3.2 to 4.5 hours a day on their phone. Some of you are like, that's it? Really? others are like, wow, that's a lot, you know? It comes up now right on your phone and says, this is how much screen time you have. Have you been on your phone? The average adult touches their phone 58 times in one day. So, I mean, that's kind of like the world that we live in. That's kind of the things that are happening and and what's out there. But how we spend our time is important. And you start to think about it. Okay, how am I leveraging the time that I've been given? If I have 28,835 days on this earth, right, how am I leveraging that? Am I spending it in a way that's bringing glory to God? Am I spending it in a way that's making me better? Am I spending it in a way that's impacting the people around me, that's making them better? How am I leveraging the time God has given me? So that's what we want to talk about today. If you have a Bible with you this morning, I invite you up with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, all right, going old school today, back to the Old Testament, so, you got Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. If you kind of open to the middle of your Bible, you'll probably be pretty close. But Ecclesiastes, we're going to be here. If you don't have a Bible, you've got some Bibles in the back. Love to give you one. It's yours. Keep it. We'll also put the scripture on the screen and you can have it to refer to. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Now, Ecclesiastes was written by this guy named Solomon. All right. And Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. That'd be a pretty cool title to have, right? He's the wisest, I'm the wisest man that ever lived, right? The wisest man that ever lived, also the wealthiest man that ever lived. I mean, this, this guy, like, he had so much money, he put it into today's dollars, blow everybody away. I mean, this guy was loaded. He was the son of the most famous king of Israel, David, who is known as a man after God's heart. Solomon comes to the throne. Solomon starts off really well. Solomon starts off, I mean, God is his God. He's following God. Things are going well. He builds the temple. It's great. It's fantastic. And then Solomon runs after the things of this world. He starts chasing pleasure after pleasure. He's going all in on pleasure in this world. He just kind of drifts from God. He has 700 wives. I know, crazy. I I gave you my mind on that. 300 concubines. Okay, this guy, like, I mean, he is like, off the, off the rails, okay, you know, like he is gone, and, and he just runs after that, and he just leaves God so much so that God says, Solomon, when you die, the kingdom's going to be split in two. Now, I can't handle this, okay? I mean, the only reason I'm letting you go on is because of your dad, David, the impact of a godly father. So, men in the room, impact of a godly father. Father impacts children. And, and so here's Solomon though. And Solomon comes to Ecclesiastes and this is kind of like the end of his life. And the end of his life, he kind of writes down, here's some conclusions. Here's what I've seen. Here's what I've noticed. And so you're going, okay, why is this person ever lived? A guy who walked with God, then he drifted away. What are gonna be his conclusions? Well, let's kind of look here, Ecclesiastes chapter three. He says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. Some of you may recognize that. There was a song in the 60s, I think it was before my time, right? Uh, the birds, right? Turn, turn, turn. This, you know, you think, "Ah, hey, they, they were really good writers. No, that actually comes from God's Word right here. So, Ecclesiastes 3, he says, a time to be born and a time to die. Right? I mean, for all of us, there's a time that we were born. There'll be a time that, that we die, that we go home to be with the Lord. I mean, every person who's ever lived, there's a time to be born a time to die. A time to plant a time to uproot. You know, you you don't, you plant at the wrong time, you plant in winter, it it dies, right? You you harvest at the wrong time, it dies. This is Solomon's going, there's a time you plant, there's a time you harvest, a time to kill, and a time to heal. You know, a time for the calf to get fat, and you kill that thing, and you eat it, and there's a time that you, hey, it's hurt, it's young, you heal it so that it gets bigger. A time to tear down, and a time to build. You just look around Nashville and Williamson County, (laughs) it's a time to build, right? I mean, everything's being built. But things are being torn down, right? There were people who built things before and that house is gone and now there's two houses sitting on that lot or three houses, right? I mean, there's a time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. He's like, I've watched people. I've seen how it is. You know, don't mix those up. Everybody's laughing and you're weeping. You know, don't do that or everybody's, you know, weeping and you're laughing. A time to mourn and a time to dance. It's time to go to funerals. There's time to go to weddings. There's time to celebrate. A time to scatter stone and a time to gather them. Uh, in Israel, it's really rocky. And so there's times that you, you know, you pull the stones out so that you can plant and then you use those stones for terrace irrigation, you know, for your agriculture. There's a time to do that. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. You know, parents here, there's a time to embrace those kids. You want to hold on to them? There's a time you got to let them go. And you're like, no, I don't want to let them go. But, the, but he's like, you know, there's a time that they start to grow up. A time to search and a time to give up. Something lost, and you search for it. And then after a while, you're like, I can't find it. i got to move on. i got to move on with life. A time to search, a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away. Now, there's some hoarders who don't ever throw away anything, right? And you go to their house, and you're like, it's time to throw that away, right? It's time to move on. A time to tear, and a time to mend. you got clothes, you're out working in the field. There's times that they get torn, and you mend those. A time to be silent, and a time to speak, Right? Don't confuse those. And all of us have. We've been in those places where we're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. You know, like, oh, I should have just listened. God gave me two ears and one mouth for a reason, you know, and then a time to love and a time to hate. And he says, I've seen that. I've watched this happen. I've seen a time of war and a time of peace. So 14 times you kind of have this antithetic parallelism going on, you know, in this Jewish thought of kind of back and forth here. And then you notice they cancel each other out. They all these cancel each other out. And, he says, "What do workers gain from their toil?" I've seen, in all my years, I've seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time, in its time. He's also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toil. This is a gift from God. Do you enjoy life, your, your time here. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that all people will fear him. Solomon at the end of his life goes, oh my goodness, I missed it. All of this taking place and it was for this relationship with God. I ran after the things of this world. I got lost. I got off track. I spent my time pursuing all this stuff. Wow, wow. It comes down to God. It comes down to your relationship with Him. So if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down as we leverage our time. How do we leverage the time God has given us? How do we leverage it? Number one, number one is this. Recognize God. <laughs> recognize God. You know, so often we get so busy doing all things, right? We're running around. You know, we're trying to get things accomplished. And, and, and sometimes we forget about God. And, and then we can wake up a year from now or five years from now or 10 years from now and go, how did I get here? I wanted to be over here, you know. I wanted to be walking with the Lord. I wanted to have a great marriage. I wanted to have a great family. I wanted to be, you know, involved in church and community. But, but somehow I just forgot about God. <laughs> I got over here recognize God. Look at Solomon's conclusion, Solomon's conclusion. Come here in verse 11. He says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Redemption. He says, God is always at work, guys. Never give up on God. God's working, you know, not only in the plants, and the world that we see, God's working in people's lives. God's bringing salvation. God's working in forgiveness. God's working in redemption. Where there is God, there is hope. Where there's God, there's hope. Recognize Him. God is at work in time. Hey, notice this. God has set eternity in the human heart. You notice where He said that? God set eternity in the human heart. Every civilization, every culture that's ever existed has had some belief about the afterlife. I mean, really, you go back to the Vikings and Valhalla. You go back to the the Greeks. You go back to the Romans. Every civilization. Why? Because God set eternity in the human heart. And God said, this world is not all that there is. And so we know there's a longing inside of us that there is more to come. And what we do here impacts eternity. What we do here impacts what is to come. And then he comes to this conclusion. God has greater plans than we can even imagine. He says, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. And the sovereignty of God God's really in control. I mean, you could go through cycle after cycle, generation after generation. You can watch plants being planted and then harvested. You can see all these things. And at the end of the day, you just look up and go, wait a minute, there is God. (laughs) And God is sovereign. And what am I gonna do about that? And how am I gonna live my life in light of who he is? So recognize God, number one. Number two, realize that time is precious. Realize that time is precious is precious. Psalm at the end of his life comes to this conclusion, right? Moses, in Psalm 90, Moses, I mean, the I most mean, godly man, right, ever lived, most humble man that ever lived. And Psalm 90, look at this verse. He says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You want wisdom, think about how precious each day is. Is you want wisdom, you begin to understand that this time is valuable. Uh, You know, when you're young, (laughs) it seems like time kind of crawls along, right? You're in school, and you're like, "When is summer coming? Get me through TCap." You know, it's like you know, you're just like, "Come on, come on." When you get to be a young adult, it seems like it you know goes a little bit faster. But you're like, "Ah, still, I'm going out doing things. I have all this free time, right?" But when you get older, you start to realize time flies. (laughs) You're like, did we just drop the ball on 2018? You know, like, what happened? We're in 19, now we're halfway through 19. It's just, time flies. And so Moses, toward the end of his life, he says, teach us to number our days. Teach us to realize that time is precious and time goes fast. We all have the same amount of time in a day. How many times have we gone, oh, if I just had more hours in a day, Right? I need more hours in this day. It doesn't happen. I mean, you know, God set the world um, to spin, and you got night, and you got day, you got 24 hours, you got 365, and we all have the same amount of time. We all have the same amount of time, but what do we do with that time? What do we do with that time? See, where you spend your time shows what you value. Where you spend your time shows what you value. You're here today. Great job. Seriously, I am so proud. I'm so thankful because you're showing that you value time with the lord you're showing and demonstrating that this is important your relationship with the lord is important and it's the core it's a way to go but but it's all the time where we spend our time shows what we value and and it's true in our lives it's true in our homes it's true in our families and a lot of times we can get so busy and then we go wait a minute is that really more important Right, you know, your kids come up and they're trying to talk to you and you're like, hold on, I can't talk right now because I'm on Instagram, you <laughs> know? And we're scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through Instagram. And I love Instagram, it's great, it's great. But when your kids are trying to talk to you and you go, I can't talk because I'm on Instagram, then you're kind of going, ah. And your kids are going, wait a minute. What do they value? What's important? And it's not bad to be on Instagram, but, but there's a time, right? There's time to plant, there's time to harvest, there's a time to be on, there's time, not. it is time, what do you value? See, here's the thing. You spell love, T-I-M-E. You spell love, T-I-M-E. What happens a lot of times is, is, is you know, you, you date, you have that, you know, year and three months or whatever it was of romance, you know. And you're, you're like, oh man, you're the greatest and you're loving. And you're writing notes and you're like, it's awesome. Then you get married. Right? And as soon as you get married, then it's kind of like, okay, you know, the guy goes off and pursues career, and the woman's like, well, we're going to have kids, and I want to be over here. And, and you just kind of drift apart. Kind of drift apart. And you go, wait a minute, what, what happened to the T I M E? What happened to the date nights? What happened to the cards? What happened to the flowers? What happened to the anniversaries? Those are important. Guys and girls, they're important. Because otherwise you just kind of drift, right? Otherwise it's 5, it's 10, it's 15, 20 years. And you look and you go, who are you? (laughs) Because we haven't spent T-I-M-E together. You know, our kids, guys, they grow up so fast. I want to just tell you, I just feel like it was yesterday. I was holding my my daughter in my arms in the hospital. And and now she's 15. She's in high school. I'm like, how did that happen, right? But cherish those moments. I'm thinking, i got three years. She's going to go off to college. I I have to be intentional pouring into her. And there's all kinds of demands on our time. There are, we get it, we get it. But what do we value? And you spell love, T-I-M-E. Notice this one, reorder your time. You recognize God. You realize what he's given you is precious. Then you reorder this. You reorder this time, all right? So Solomon, Moses, and now Paul. Paul says in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter five, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. You see the theme here? It's coming around this time. If you're gonna be wise, hey, make the most of every opportunity. Some of your Bible, some of your translations may say, make the most of your time. But that's what he's saying. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine. You know, it's fine to have a glass of wine. It's great. But don't get drunk, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's like, make the most of every opportunity. Bring the Lord into every situation. Into Sundays, but into Mondays, into Tuesdays, into Wednesdays, into your work, into your marriage, into your family, into your dating relationships, into being with your roommates. Bring the Lord into every place. Reorder your time. Reorder your time. Make the most of your time. Don't waste the time. A lot of times we're like, man, how... I really want to get serious about following God. I really, I really want to read God's word. I really, really want to pray, but I just don't have time. Right now, somehow we have time to binge watch, you know, Netflix. You know, I mean, somehow we we figure that out, and it's not bad. Netflix isn't bad. It's not bad at all. But but if we say we don't have time, then we're not saying the correct thing because we all have the same amount of time. So how do I reorder my time? so that I can prioritize the Lord, that I can say I want to spend five to 10 minutes in the morning reading the word or being on my knees in prayer because that's going to set the pace for the rest of the day. Because if I start with the Lord and the Lord is on my mind and on my heart, then I can bring the Lord into work. Then I can bring the Lord in my marriage. Otherwise, if I just hit the ground running and wake up in the day and the first thing I hit is my phone and I'm going through all my emails and all what's happening on Instagram and everything else, that's what's setting the tone for my day. How am I going to reorder that? How am I going to make the most of my time? Well, here's what we do. We take a time inventory. Have you ever done this? Maybe at work you've done it right. They say, hey, kind of look at your day, look at your time. But there's different seasons of our life. And in different seasons of our life, we've got to come back to this. Because you're in a different season than you were before. Right? I mean, when you were single and you were going out, it was fine. You had plenty of time. You know, you could be in whatever Bible study you wanted to. Then you get married and it changes. Now you're living with your best friend and you need time for them. Then you have a child and it really changes. Right? You're like, whoa. You know, then you have multiple children and, you, you know, you go from, you know, man to man to zone. It's like, well, you're like, what's going on now? But, but you still have the same amount of time, but you've got to reorder that time you got to say, hey, how am I spending that time? What am I setting as priorities? What am I valuing? Where am I putting that time? And you need to do this like every two to three years to kind of say, hey, I'm in a different season of life. Let me look at how I'm spending that time. Because it's really not a matter of time. It's a matter of priorities. Right? It it Really, when you boil it down, right, it's not a matter of time. It's a matter of how do I use that time. What am I prioritizing? And if I'm going to recognize God and I'm going to set God first, and I'm going to say, God, this relationship with you, i mean, being on Sundays, being in worship, finding a Bible study, you know, being a part of growing deep in the Lord, but spending that time with Him, and then setting everything else off of that. Hey, if I want to have a healthy marriage, if I want to have a healthy day life, if I want to have a healthy children, I've got to spend time. And that may be, mean I say no to things. Hey, there's some good things out there that I'm going to say no to because it's not the best thing, but I'm going to reorder it. And put this in priority. All right. Fourth one. Redeem the time. Redeem the time. Hey, about a year ago we did a study on Esther. And if you missed that study, go back online and you can watch uh, the sermons from that study. But an incredible study. But here's this, this girl, Esther. And she wins this beauty contest. Okay. And she's a Jewish girl. And she becomes the queen over this entire empire. Right. And then inside the empire, they... Make this decree that they're going to exterminate all the Jews. And her relative, probably her uncle, Mordecai, comes to her and says, Esther, you're the queen. You've got to step up. You've got to say something. And I love, I love, I love what Mordecai says to her. We're going to put this verse up here. Check this out. He says, for if you remain silent at this time, notice that, at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Wow. Now, if you know the story, Esther steps up, right? She steps up and steps in and they throw out their plot and the Jews are saved. But Esther says, you know what? I'm going to step in and if I perish, I perish. But I'm going to do what's right. Guys, listen, you are where you are for reason and purpose, Think about that. You were born at this time in history for a reason and a purpose. You were born in the United States for a reason and a purpose. And you and I, we could choose to sit back. We could choose to be silent. We could choose to like disengage or we could choose to say, okay, God, you have me here for a reason. Let me be the man or woman that you created me to be. Let me leverage what you've given me, the opportunity that I have. I want to do a good job, but the fact is, somebody else could do your job, but nobody else can be dad to your kids, or mom to your kids, or poor to that next generation, or grandparents. It's your time, it's your opportunity. You live where you live for a reason and a purpose. You're in that apartment, you're in that house. You're at your workplace for a reason and a purpose and it's more than just spreadsheets. I mean, it's great. I want you to knock it out of the park. I pray for you guys to excel in your jobs all the time. But I want you to be a witness for the glory of God there because you're there for a reason and a purpose. Redeem the time. You can't change the past, but you can learn from it. And I really think when you read Ecclesiastes, that's what Solomon's doing. He's like, oh, if I could go back. I would change it. If I could go back, I would walk with the Lord, but I can't. So I'm going to learn from it, and I'm going to send something on ahead. You know, a lot of times people live their whole life with regret. They live their whole life in the past. They live their whole life. If I would have just done this, maybe that first marriage would have worked out. If I would have just done this, and maybe that would have been different. But don't spend your life in the past. God is redeeming and restoring. Learn from the past and go forward. Say, I want to go forward to the Lord. I want to live my life for the glory of God. I want to make a difference now. God is sovereign over our time, so trust him. God's got plans for you that you can't even see. But you be faithful every day, every minute, 24, 7, 365, that we are faithful to God. And wherever we are, we just say, God, use me. Use me here. Open my eyes to the needs around me. Open my eyes for how I can serve. Open my eyes for how I can give. Open my eyes for how I can make a difference. God, use me. You know, I I love this time of year. I mean, the weather is beautiful. And this weekend, you know, the NFL draft and Nashville and the NBA playoffs. There's a lot of sports things that are happening. And there's a guy who played in the NBA named Dwayne Wade. And he retired this year, and he was kind of on his farewell tour, uh, and they would change jerseys with the key players on other teams, but I want you to watch what happened. Watch this video. Thank <laughs> you.
1: was coming, like literally no idea. (laughs) Hello. Hi, Dwayne. Hello. Hello. How you doing, brother? Pretty good, and yourself? It's been about 12 years since I last seen you. I come from an area where not too many people make it. It was always my dream that I'd get the chance to go to college, but we just didn't have the money. You mean so much to us, and my brother Joaquin loved you from the beginning. He passed away in Parkland on February 14th. He was one of the 17 victims. 10 days before Christmas, our house burned down and we lost everything. It was one of the lowest points in my life. Hey, Dwayne. How you doing, Mom? You were the joy of my life but I was dropping the ball. That day that I just couldn't do it no more it was the day that I was going to have to turn myself in, and I seen the tears just fall from your eyes. Your mama went down a road, Dwayne, that I didn't ever think I'd come back from. <sighs> But on that road, I noticed you kept showing up. And you'll come and see about me. And Dwayne, because you believe in me. When I got out of prison, I was a different woman. We received a phone call. Would you mind if Dwayne Wade take you and the family (laughs) on a shopping spree? It just meant the world to me that you were there for us at this time. Thank you. You became our hero. A lot of the words that you said hit a spark and kind of changed where I was going. Without you and your full tuition scholarship, none of this would have been possible. You're not, way, the basketball player, the legend. You're the human being that took the time and on his own, wrote my brother's name on his shoe, and you cared. When you bought your mama that church, you don't even understand the lives that you changed. So when I don't have a jersey but I brought you this. I don't have a jersey to trade with you, but I definitely have this, the blazer that I wore to my first job interview. My cap and gown from graduation. This is important because Joaquin wore this in his last championship. My family wanted you to have it. Please don't forget my brother, Joaquin. Having you as a role model has made all the difference. One of the special robes that you gave me, purple symbolized royalty, and you are royal. In everybody's life that you touched, you completely changed the course of my life. I know my brother is with you always. It wouldn't be possible to be here if it wasn't you. I am more proud of the man you have become than the basketball player. You are bigger than basketball.
0: proud of the man you've become even more than the basketball player you guys it's the little things that's pouring in to the people around you your children your spouse, your roommates your mom, your dad, your grandparents it's sponsoring an orphan child in Moldova it's the least the last, the lost it's, where are you spending your time? there's only three things that are eternal there's really only three things There's God, he's bigger than time. There's God's word, last. There's people. There's people. And when we invest our time in those things, we see God do what only God can do. We see miracles unfold. So reorder your time. And here's the last one. Resolve to invest your time in what matters. Resolve to invest your time in what matters. Look at 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 8 it says do not forget this one thing dear friends with the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day God's bigger than time I mean he is he is bigger than time right the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness instead he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance and you're thinking why isn't Jesus come back why did he come back now he's patient with you He's not wanting any to perish. He wants the world to know him. And he says, church, you go be the hands of feet. You go share the good news. You go love the way I've loved you. So so today, I would just say to you, commit your life to Jesus Christ. Commit your life to Jesus Christ. We don't know how long we have on this earth, but it impacts eternity. There was a guy who told me, he said, you know what, I, I don't know if I'm gonna make that decision. I may wait till I'm in purgatory and I can think about it. And I was like, purgatory's not in here. It's not. There comes a point where you have to say, Jesus is my Lord, or you reject Christ, you walk away. Commit your life to Christ. The most important decision you'll ever make is God is drawing you to himself. Commit your life to him and then live your life for God. Live your life for God. I mean, you heard it from Solomon, Moses, Paul, Peter, Esther. I mean, every one of them toward the end of their life, they're saying, hey, make the most of this time. Invest in what matters. Invest in what's going to last. Don't get caught up and drift along and kind of fade away. Hey, are you investing your time in the things that matter? And four years ago, uh, my dad went home to be with Jesus. And we had his funeral service right here, memorial service right here in this place. And uh, this place is special for a lot of reasons, but that's one. I mean, my dad was a great dad, and I'm so thankful. And my dad lived 85 years. He had 85 years on this earth. And he didn't grow up, you know, being a believer. It wasn't until it was later on, you know, and serving the Air Force, he played baseball in college, then went to the Air Force, and it was there that, he accepted Christ, but man, there was a life change that happened in him. He said, I'm gonna live it for the Lord. And there was a guy in our church who, who came to the funeral that day and, and I watched him and he sat right back in the back and he had tears in his eyes and he left after the service and I caught up with him about a week later and he said, you know, I just gotta tell you, I've been working till midnight or two in the morning. I feel like I haven't seen my kids in months and my wife's been talking to me about it and And he said, but then I'm at your dad's funeral and everybody's talking about the man that your dad was and the husband for 57 years and the father and nobody talked about all the deals he did in business and it was important. He was a great businessman. There were people there who gave testimonies from working with him. What I realized is I'm missing it. And I've watched this guy for four years get it. I've watched this guy go to his company and say, hey, I've got to put some boundaries here because my family matters. And I've watched this guy get promotion after promotion after promotion and being faithful at church and being a leader and being a godly man. And I'm like, yes. That's what God wants to do in our lives. So how are you investing your time? It's precious. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Are you living it? Are we following him? Are we passionate about him? Are we pouring into the people that we love? Are we saying you are valuable to me? I want you to know that. I want you to know I love you. I want you to know how much I care about you. Guys, we get one chance, one opportunity. Let's make the most of our time. I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment, right where you are. No regrets from the past, just where are you today? How are you gonna go forward? Maybe this morning, right where you sit, you just say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. (laughs) I don't wanna run after every pleasure of this world and get to the end and just say, oh, it was empty. I want right now today to put a stake in the ground that I'm living my life for Christ. Jesus, forgive my sins, redeem me, restore me, make me new. Maybe this morning you just go, you got out and ready to take a next step. Maybe for you it's baptism. Maybe for you it's spending time with the Lord every morning before you start your day. I just need some time with him. Maybe there's people in your life that you just go, you know what, I, I gotta get that relationship right. I gotta get that relationship right. So Father, we welcome you in this place. Come, God, speak to us right now, Father. Move in our hearts and our lives, God. You have an incredible plan for us. And Father, we want to hold on to you. God, we want to make the most of these 28,835 days or however many days we have on this earth. God, we want to make the most of it. Don't let us miss it. Let us focus on you and on the things that matter. God, I thank you for your church and all you're doing here. And I pray you would find us faithful. (laughs) I pray you would find us faithful. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. After the service, I'll be here way people on our staff, our pastoral care team, our A6 men. If you want to pray with somebody, you want to talk with somebody, hey, come down. Let's talk together, you know. We're not in this thing alone. Guys, God is with you and church is with you and let's do this together. At this time, I'm going to invite our ushers to come forward. It's a chance for us to give back to God, a chance for us to invest in His kingdom. And... Uh, you know it's those little things that you do it's the way that you give it's the way that you love it makes such a difference especially when we get to do it together so let me say a short prayer if you have a communication card you're new drop it in the basket if you have a prayer request drop that in the basket as well God thank you for your presence this morning oh Father you are here and God let us be wise let us learn from those who've come before us God let us be wise and make the most of this opportunity you've given us Use us, God, for your glory. Thank you for the opportunity to give back to you, Father. We can't take any of this with us, God, so we just wanna invest in your kingdom, Father. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray and we give. Amen, amen.